It doesn't matter what God, I mean, come on, let's be honest. How many of us have been in the situation where God has made a promise and we know what the promise is, but the stuff that's happening around us is so great that we forget that there's a promise. And so we find ourselves angry, frustrated, bitter, uh, resentful, broken, and still you got to be a wife. Still you have to be a mother. Still you have to do all the things you're required to do in a space where you're like, God, I just don't see it. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Lindy and Katie, and we are your podcast host. And we are here to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year, 2022. <laughs> We're thrilled to be back with new stories after a little bit of a Christmas break that was much needed. And today we are bringing you the perfect story for the new year. This is Joy Jackson from Katy, Texas. And Katie Dunn, I'm going to let you tell us about it. <laughs> well, Robin and Lindy, y'all both know how much I loved Joy's story. When I heard it, I just couldn't control myself about my excitement <laughs> over it. I think she just gives us such encouragement in remembering how good God is and what he's done in our past and holding on to that for our future. It's, it's the perfect story, like you said, for 2022. And I think you're going to love it. Yes. And as we start 2022, if you are looking for a winter Bible study, we have one for you. When God Shows Up is an eight-week podcast-based Bible study around eight of our stories. And you can get that at our website at storytellerslive.org. We have had a great response to the Bible study, and we know that it would benefit not only a small group, but you could do it personally. So go to our website today and order When God Shows Up. My name is Joy Jackson. I am uh, the owner of a company called Speaking of Joy, uh, J-O-Y-E. I don't know why there's an E. My mom and dad could not have children, and they were married for four years, couldn't have children, and here I came. And my mom put an E on it to make it difficult, so people call me Joey or Joyce, but uh, it's joy. I am excited that I will be 42 on Sunday. I'm a Halloween baby, as if I couldn't be more unique, right? I got an E on my name. I'm an only child, uh, born and raised in Pasadena, and uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was five. I'll tell you all my business, but I have a real story, too. I'll tell you all my business. My mom and dad divorced when I was five, but I am a preacher's kid. My dad is a pastor of a church. My mom taught Sunday school forever and is now over the children's ministry at our church. I actually go to the Fountain of Praise, which is inside of in Houston, so I travel 45 minutes. For the Lord. I love him. Uh, I am married. I have, uh, I am married. I've been married to my husband for 12 years. His name is Steven. He's a really nice guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we thought they were big dogs, right? Yeah. <laughs> thought they were big dogs. So, yes, yeah, so I've been married. I've been married to my husband for 12 years, and we do have seven-year-old twins. So I'll tell you a little bit about how I got to know Kara, and she mentioned about Regina, but I will tell you that God is so good that he creates moments that if you're not paying attention to, you miss them. But if you're walking in the Spirit every single day, he will show you exactly what he has for you. And, of course, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of good and evil. And I'll say that um, about six, seven years ago, seven years ago, I started working for Member's Choice Credit Union, so I started started off as the training manager. And in six years, I became the chief strategy officer. And I will tell you, uh, it's funny, when I first started there, I had no idea I wanted to be an executive. I never really wanted to be in corporate America. So I was like, Lord, okay, whatever. I wanted, I just had my girls and I wanted to be closer to home. So, cause I live in Cyprus, cause with Cyprus and Katie, I wanted to be closer to home. So it's like, God, 
direct me. So he brought me to Members Choice and uh, it was the best experience that I'd ever had. I never expected to leave as a chief strategy officer, but when I got there, I knew God was calling me away. And it was so such a blessing to know that God loves me enough to show me exactly what he's doing. So I knew my time was coming to an end. So I was I was let go and I was not surprised about being let go. I thought I would be let go in August. I was let go in May of 2020. It's like, Lord, a little sooner than I expected. I wasn't fully prepared, but I was like, hey, we're going to do this. So left Member's Choice and started Speaking of Joy. Now, I have been called to speak years ago. I knew that. I, I don't boast in that, but I recognize who I am and whose I am and what God has gifted me to do. So I knew I was supposed to be a speaker, but... The idea of starting my own business and speaking was craziness. So I was like, Lord, we're not going to do that. And so in May, God was like, no, you're going to do what I told you to do. <laughs> so lost my job, uh, six-figure salary down to unemployment, which is an humbling experience. I was the, I, I was the breadwinner uh, pr uh, primarily. And then my husband, uh, he's got a commission-based job, so you all understand that. So it's, you know, you need really solid something and then everything else. And so I, um, I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. So I was praying one morning. It was in June of uh, 2020. And I was like, God, what's going on? I am so confused. I'm so unsure. I'm so afraid. And God said, do it scared. And I was like, no, <laughs> because what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if it's not what I thought you told me to do? And now I'm out here exposed, unemployed. I had the insurance, all of that. And now my family's depending on me and my husband, who is a faith-based man, but he is a practical man, was like, do it. It's okay. So started speaking of joy. And when I started speaking of joy in June of 2020, it was designed to be a leadership executive coaching company. Did that. I did a thing called the leadership lunch break. Literally, I had 40 episodes of this thing called the leadership lunch break. Every time I would go at noon on um, Thursdays and I would offer leadership tips, everything. It was really great. People loved it. The few that follow, because of course, you know, and so I was like, Lord, this is it. Okay, I'm doing it. So at episode 40, which was just a few months ago, I said, what are we really doing, Joy? So I started praying again and I was like, God, I'm not, I'm full but I'm not fulfilled. So I'm doing the work you've called me to do, but it still doesn't speak to who I am and what you've really created me to do. So what am I supposed to be doing, God? And he said, if you trust me, I'll bless you. I trust you, but we still have a mortgage. Uh, I mean, they're, they, you know, like real life is happening. And so I was like, but this is paying me. I've got clients, I've got contracts, I've got companies booking me. And God showed me, I have something different for you. And I want you to walk in the way that I've told you. And so I was telling Lynette, I started reading Mark 4, praying about it. And it was when Jesus told the disciples, let us go to the other side. And I was like, okay, God, you made a promise. Got it. Going to the other side. Cool. But he went to sleep on the ship. You know the story. Went to sleep on the ship. And while he was asleep, the disciples had this big storm engulfing the boat. And the disciples said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And I had gotten to a point where I was like, God, do you care that I'm trying to figure it out, that the world is crazy? I mean, I was about everything. I was just a mess before God. Like, I mean, it's just so much going on. And I know you care, but it felt like you're not doing anything. Do you really care about what God, I mean, you can't love us and let us drown. 
And I was like, God, I don't know what to do. And he said, this is the work that I have for you to do. And so what I did was I changed the scope of speaking of joy. I went from leadership principles to godly principles. And what I decided was, I I was telling Annette, I wanted to go on social media and say, Jesus, 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 so I could get it out. Because I was afraid that the world would reject me because I had spent so much time in leadership. So I was like, I don't really know if people are gonna accept me. So speaking of joy, this is just a short story, has changed. I have, you won't see a big announcement that I am uh, 100% Christian. I believe in the blood of Jesus. You won't see that, but if you follow the messages, you'll see it. And what God has allowed me to do is really to now create speaking of joy for women who want to walk in purpose. And so that's what speaking of joy has become. That's how I got to you today. Um, so it's a, it's a blessing. God is opening some doors. I'll tell you about them later on, but uh, there are some great things that God is doing for me. And, and out of my plea to him with Mark 4, I've actually created a devotional that will start, um, a 30-day devotional that will start on my birthday. So I invite you all to participate uh, in that. But my story is really about how good God is. Met my husband in 2008, 2006. We got engaged in 2008. Met him in 2006. We were at a place called Jack's Bar and Grill. Uh, Yes, at that time. And every now and then I still tend to have a drink or two. Um, So I was with him. No judgment. Listen, hey, okay. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Jesus turned water into wine. That was his first miracle, right? So even his mom was like, we ran out of, what are we going to do? Okay. Um, so, but, so met my husband. It was so funny. He walked up to me and said, I'd like to speak to you in my office. And the office was the bar. Uh, so he had me at hello, right? <laughs> so I uh, got to the bar and he, um, he introduced himself and I asked him three questions. I said, uh, do you have a mother and father? And he said, yes. I said, do you know them both? He said, yes. I said, do you like them both? And he said, yes. Now, why did I ask those questions? I have no idea. I just say flesh and blood did not reveal that to me. I really don't know why I asked those questions. But here we are. We were married for five years and decided it was time to have children. We had traveled the world. Well, as much as the world as we were going to go see. Uh, We traveled the world and we decided to have children. So in February of 2013, we were in uh, Cancun and said, hey, we should have kids. She was like, okay, cool. So got home, called my OB, said, how do we do this? She said, just stop taking uh, your birth control, decide to have babies and have a lot of sex. That's how you have babies. (laughs) Okay, so that's what we did. Uh, uh, So as you can tell, I'm very transparent over, so you got to loosen up if you want. You want me up here, you got to loosen up, right? So so yeah, so we decided, so we had, and and by the grace of God, we, uh, we got pregnant the first try and found out we were having twins. My dad's a twin, so we knew it was possible. But at seven weeks, I started spotting. And so had never been pregnant, didn't know what this was like. So I was like, God, okay. So rushed to the emergency room, got there, and we were spotting. And so at that time, we didn't know we were having twins. So the doctor came in. We were there about five, about one o'clock in the morning. Stephen had gone to get something to eat. And the doctor was like, Mr. Jackson, you may want to come back. I have something to share with you. He's like, okay, okay. He said, well, the heartbeats are doing well and the babies are strong. And we were like heartbeats and babies he's like oh yeah you guys are having twins okay um you know god we thank you for exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works in us but whoo so uh found out but they were like because you are spotting there are some challenges so you just want to be prepared for them and so okay okay god we'll go through it so um nine weeks went to the doctor and and she was like I don't know what's going on, but you're still kind of struggling a little bit. So we're going to monitor you very closely with your pregnancy. 
all right, God, we'll, we'll figure it out. So I was still working at the time. I was doing really well. I was working at Charming Charlie. I was the trainer, instructional designer. So I designed all the training for Charming Charlie and wore all the fabulous jewelry. Uh, and so I was there and we started going through the pregnancy. And then at nine weeks, uh, I had my first scare. And so they put me on progesterone. And so progesterone was designed to seal my cervix because I had an incompetent cervix. Didn't know what that meant. Just meant that my babies would probably come early. So I was like, okay, God, we'll figure it out. So nine weeks, I uh, was put on progesterone. So the whole first semester, first trimester of my pregnancy, I was on progesterone. Uh, 25 weeks, I had to go see a, a high-risk OB because my OB was not a high-risk OB. Went to see her. And at 25 weeks, she said, you're dilating. And I was like, okay. She was like, you've, you've been having contractions. You don't feel them? And I'm like, I've never been pregnant. So I thought just the hardness was two little people fighting for space in this little bitty body. And she said, no, you're having contractions. Um, we're going to put you on bed rest. So literally at four months, I was pretty much put on bed rest. But I could still do some things, just not strenuous activity and all of those. I was like, OK, God. So we made it through 29 weeks. We go back uh, and she says, you're going to have the girls today. It's like, okay, God, what are we supposed to do? So literally six months into my pregnancy, I was completely on bed rest. We had, we were living in another house and I could only go upstairs once and come downstairs once. And that was it. In October of 2013, they said, we're going to have the girls. So I went into labor and delivery with an expectation to have the girls. And I was there for 10 days in labor and delivery. I had to take magnesium sulfate to stop the contraction. So my feet were like this big and I had a catheter for 10 days and I went through all of that. But God had given me a promise that my girls would be healthy and well. So you can fast forward to the story. I got seven year old twins, so we know God is good. Right. We know how the story ends, but I'll get you there. So. Um, so, yeah, so we were so we I was in labor and delivery for 10 days. I spent my birthday in the hospital in labor and delivery. And finally, they sent us home. So we got home. And then we were home for a week, went back to see the OB. And she said, you need to go back to the hospital because you are three centimeters dilated. Went back to the hospital and stayed in the hospital from October 29th to December 8th. So I was in antepartum. And antepartum is where they keep the mothers who could potentially have a baby at any point. I spent my birthday, I spent Thanksgiving there, and we almost spent Christmas there. So we were in uh, in there. The blessing was that, and, and God is so good because he makes provisions even when you don't realize it. Because I was at Charming Charlie, I was so ready to go. It was not the place for me. And I was like, God, I don't know why you have me here. I'm struggling. The people are giving me a hard time. And while I was on bed rest, I was able to continue to keep my job. So I was. this was before remote work was a thing, right? I was literally in, um, in the hospital at St. Joseph's doing my work every day. And so I worked every day. Uh, my mom had retired the year before as an educator in HISD, and she came and sat with me every day. And I'm like, God, you're so, looking back, I'm like, you're so good that you created the timing perfectly so that I could still have a normal life. My husband would go to work. He'd come back home. Right before we went in, we saw the house we're in now. Loved it. So I saw my house one time. And then I went on bed rest in the hospital. So my husband closed on our home, moved us in. So when I came home, I had a house. I was like, oh, this is what we bought? I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, it's nice. I had some friends who moved, helped us move. And so God just orchestrated all of those things. And when we got ready to, um, we were going to have um, parenting classes because we had to do everything in the hospital. So we were going to have parenting classes. And he, he called and said, well, I can't remember the specific day, but it was in the end of October. He said, um, we can't do the classes right now. Uh, I'm on my way to the hospital, but we can't have the classes. So reschedule. 
I mean, I'm not going anywhere, right? I'm in the hospital. I can't, I can't do much. So he came in and he said, well, uh, we can't do the parenting classes because um, I was just diagnosed with cancer. So in October of 2013, my husband was diagnosed with prostate cancer. So here I am on bed rest trying to keep my babies in the oven for my husband to walk in and say, I have prostate cancer. And I couldn't lose it. I couldn't break down because I was under a high risk pregnancy and any stress at that moment could have caused me to go into labor. And so I said, now, God, this is too much. How on earth am I supposed to keep healthy babies, keep my mind on you and trust you and all of those things when my husband was just diagnosed with prostate cancer? Now, let me take it a step further. Because of our uh, my incompetent cervix, we'd also stopped being intimate long before. So there was no physical connection anymore. And we were worried and scared. And now he comes and says, I have prostate cancer. And if you know anything about the prostate, it's got 12 sections of it. And 11 of the 12 were cancerous. So this was not an option. This was not a, a situation that we could wait for. It was truly, he needed to have surgery. And so he was like, I'm gonna have surgery right now. It's like, who's gonna take care of you? and these babies that are still right here. And so uh, we prayed about it and he sought treatment and, and everything. And so we agreed that he would have surgery in February. And so here we are in the hospital trying to put on a good front to be okay. Bought a new house, babies in the belly, and prostate cancer. And I, I remember lying in the bed and saying, God, this is, this, I, I can't do any of this. I'm not prepared. I'm not equipped. Yeah, you made some promises, but I don't see them. And I'm frustrated. I had gotten to the point where I couldn't bathe because I was so heavy. I had gotten to the point where I couldn't wipe my own self. So I had a, a commode, bedside commode. And I remember the first time I had to call the nurse to wipe me, I lost it because I'm like, here I was, this person, God, doing all of these things, and you stripped all of that away from me to the point where I'm at the mercy of somebody else even to wipe me. What kind of God does that? And yeah, you promised me my children would be healthy. You promised me that Stephen would be healed. But so many times when we're going through something, we can't see that. It doesn't matter what God, I mean, come on, let's be honest. How many of us have been in the situation where God has made a promise and we know what the promise is? But the stuff that's happening around us is so great that we forget that there's a promise. And so we find ourselves angry, frustrated, bitter, uh, resentful, broken. And still, you got to be a wife. Still, you have to be a mother. Still, you have to do all the things you're required to do in a space where you're like, God, I just don't see it. And I'm like, God, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do. So stayed in the hospital at 33 weeks. They said, you can go home. Didn't have the babies. But they said, they're still in my belly. They said, but you're doing so well, you can go home. So I was like, okay, you start to see the clouds break a little bit. So I get to go home. Awesome. So we, uh, they, they released us home. And the, the blessing of the story is my girls were born at 36 weeks. So from 25 to 36 weeks, God kept them safe. Uh, they were only in the NICU for four days. They were born. Isn't God good? I mean, I mean, literally, like, I mean, when I talk about it, it keeps me, it's hard for me not to just get super emotional because you see the hand of God in a way that you've never seen it before. And if you, you know, if you have children, that's a blessing anyway. But to, I still have the bracelet with the October date on it, that the date my girls were going to be born. And for them to make it to literally December 27th was an amazing blessing of God. And 
we had them on December 27th, December 31st, they came home. We had a scare when we first, Shelby, Shelby is my beautiful child. I have Shelby and Sydney. They listen, they look just like their dad. I have my brains, but they look like their father. Uh, I have my brains. But, um, but I had them, and so we knew Shelby was always going to be Shelby. She was baby A, Sydney was baby B. We just knew that. Um, Shelby was bo born with a hematoma. So she had this beautiful, large head um, that got stuck. And so uh, after four hours of pushing, we finally had to have, and, and the grace of God, because I was so weak, the doctors did not want me to have a cesarean. So I had them vaginally just to keep me from going into any more trauma because I was weak and small. And so um, Shelby had a hematoma. So the, the morning she was born, we had to have a blood transfusion. And they had us concerned because, of course, all the horror stories about blood transfusions and her body rejecting. And she had literally been in the world for 30 minutes and we were doing all of this extra work. And the other baby was, so they were five pounds, one ounce and four pounds, eight ounces. So pretty good sized babies. Uh, but the other baby was fine, Sydney. And that's my little fighter to this day. She's up. And so we, we brought him home on the 31st. I remember the nurse telling us, cause we had to leave him. And she said, you need to go home and get some rest. And we we're like, oh no, we're not going to leave our babies. She said, this is the best daycare that they will ever have and the most expensive. <laughs> so you should probably go home. And I don't know, now, daycare is pretty expensive for twins, but, and she said, you should go home. So we went home and Steve and I began to pray and ask God for wisdom because we also knew that we were facing his cancer and we knew we couldn't wait very long before we had to have his surgery. So brought the girls home um, December 31st, parented as best we could with all of that stuff happening around us. And then February 24th, Stephen had his prostate removed. By the grace of God, my girls are seven. So this was seven years ago and Stephen is still cancer free and my babies are healthy. And so it's a, it's a reminder just of what God is capable of and will do when he makes a promise. And so many times we forget the power of God. And it, and it doesn't always have to be in a, in a situation where something major happens, but God is in everything that happens in our lives. And so many times we miss it because we're looking at our circumstance right now instead of recognizing that God's got the full plan. And why do I say that? I say that because my husband had his prostate removed in 2014. And of course, if you know anything about prostate, that uh, removes the ability to have children. So God in his infinite wisdom knew that my husband and I wanted more than one child because I never wanted to, I'm an only child. I never wanted my children to be an only child. And then my husband only has one sister. So we wanted more than one child. I God knew that. And so he allowed me to have twins so that we could have the two children, knowing that my husband's reproductive ability would be taken away. And I'm like, God, it's amazing how you saw the plan even before we saw it. And you knew that our desires, because you said if we, we delight in you, you'll give us the desires of our heart. We didn't see that then. We didn't know why we were having twins. We just thought it was genetic. But I believe it was a blessing and a blessed assignment because God knew our heart and he knew what we had been praying for. So for him to honor it and then say, I'm going to show you how good I am. I'm going to give you what you asked for. And then I'm going to remove everything else so you don't even have the power to do it again. That's what God will do in our lives. When we trust him, he takes it that way. He says, you know what? I see the end. So sometimes we don't see the end and we look at it and we're so frustrated with it. We're so angry with God. I mean, you might win that. I'll talk about me. I get so angry with God. I get so frustrated with God because I'm like, I know what you said. 
I know what you told me. I know what you believe, what, what I'm supposed to believe, but how am I supposed to trust you when what I see doesn't look anything like what I'm supposed to be doing? Speaking of joy, my business, I'm praying that prayer every day. God, I see. And I, I'll be honest, I, when I started this, I started looking at other coaches and inspirational speakers and they've got thousands of followers. I'm like, golly, 28,000 followers. I'm like, God. What am I supposed to be doing? You've given me a word. You've given me something to do, but it doesn't look like what it should be. And I'm comparing myself to other people in other situations. And I'm like, God, this, this doesn't make sense. I know I'm a better speaker than this person. And I'm not, and I'm, and I'm not saying it, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying it to compare, but I know, but I know what God has called me to do. And I'm like, I've listened to some other people and I'm like, okay, okay. But no me, you know, it's just we're still t teaching, you know, oh, you're going to be great. Everything's going to be wonderful. Life's going to be so beautiful. And I'm like, God, that's that's good. But where are the people that you've called? And God said, I've called people to you and you just got to walk in what I've told you to do. And that's when I got back to Mark, like we're going to the other side. But there is a storm right now, God, and I don't see out of the storm. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. I don't know what's going to happen. Money's different. Unemployment has run out. So I'm literally seeking God like you can't couldn't have told me to do this because if you did, it would be happening. And he was like, you just have to trust me. You have to walk in faith. And I was like, mm, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I'm waiting on the evidence. And if we're honest with ourselves, haven't we done that to God where we're like, no, I want to see it. I really want to see it. I get it, Lord. You got it. You got it all under control. But if you don't show me something right now, then I will miss the opportunity to really trust you. And so what he reminded me of, because Kara said, I want you to share one story. And what he reminded me of was a story of my, my girls and my husband. And he's like, listen, if I promised you those things and brought you to those things, why wouldn't I do it again for you? And why do you have me in this box? where you believe that this is all I can do, where you believe this is all I got for you. The Bible says eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of me the good things God has in store for you. He's like, so if I got good things in store for you, why do you want to put me in this box? And so I decided and I had to repent. I'm like, God, I apologize for thinking so small of you. You're the same God who can't make a beautiful day out of horrible weather yesterday. Now, if you can do that, you can perfect the things that concern me. So I shouldn't even be worried about what this business will do because you've given me the business. And now I'm walking in 100% what God has called me to do. So speaking of joy now is about facts, faith, authenticity, confidence, and truth. And that, but all of that has come because I decided to give God my whole self and walk in true authenticity. And that's been a challenge for me because if you've ever been in corporate America, it's very hard to come in as yourself every day and be yourself every day and be the Christian you want to be, be the woman you want to be, be the mother you want to be. And so I knew, and I always tell people I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I realized this is the only place that I could really be myself. And I'm so grateful to God that he's allowing me to be myself and pruning me and, and working with me and showing me who I am, my shortcomings, my mistakes, but reminding me how much he loves me by just doing little things and sprinkling little opportunities for me to say, hey, listen, I had you then. I got you now. Hey, I opened doors then. I opened doors now. And I did a post the other day that said, why are we expecting people to open doors for us when God owns the whole building? And I'm like, you know what, God? 
And he gives me things to put out, but I'm like, that is so amazing. And God has shown me that he has the building. The cattle on a thousand hills belongs to him. So if he's got that, then surely he's got this little speaking of joy business that is going to be whatever it's going to be. And he continues to show me and remind me that I've got things for you and I'm continuing to bless you. And so again, my girls are, are almost eight in December. No residual effects of any challenges. Uh, I found out that I could still have babies just because I always wanted to know about my fertility. So when it got all of that checked out and I'm like, God, look how awesome you are that you didn't even shut up my womb if things would have worked out. But so the incompetent service was just for that moment to keep me still so that I could spend time with you. Because had I not been on bed rest, I wouldn't be here telling you this story, but I also would have acted like the pregnancy was all mine that I did it by myself. I had a baby. I had two babies. But for me to say that literally my babies were delivered through the hand of God because at 25 weeks, I was three centimeters dilated. So for God to hold my, and it's like, God, if you can hold my body to deliver healthy babies, you can surely hold my mind when I'm losing it. If you can hold my babies in my belly, you can hold them when they go to school every day, although I'm concerned about a pandemic. God, if you can hold my body, you can hold my husband's body and you can keep him cancer free. And even if it comes back, we're like, God, you've done it before. So we're confident that you can do it again. But we also recognize that whatever your will is, it's going to come to pass. So I'm not one of those people that believes that everything's going to be 100 percent perfect. I believe everything is perfectly God's will. So whatever God has for our lives, it's going to come to pass. We have to trust that it will work together. We say it, all things work together for the good of us who love the Lord and called according to his purpose. But we only want to stop on all things work together for the good. And we shout and get excited. Oh, you know, it's all going to work out. But what happens when it doesn't look like that? What happens when it doesn't look like it's working out? Because it's all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So whatever his purpose is, those good things will happen. And then I also tell people, we say all things work together for the good, but we, we, it's all things. So the situation that you're in right now may seem like it's not working, but that's something, not all things. So the something that you're experiencing right now may look dismal and bleak, but in the grand scheme of what everything is, it's going to work for your good. And so I want to encourage you. I don't know where you are in, in your, your life at this particular moment, but I want to encourage you that God has something special in store for you. He's got a blessing for you that only is for you. And when you walk in, in peace, knowing that and trusting him, he will begin to open doors for you that you didn't even know existed. Speaking of joy has had more opportunities now that I'm walking in this than I ever imagined. And it was truly because I just gave it over to God. It's truly because I just said, Lord, you know what? I did the best I could. I've done all I can and I still messed it up, but you have the power to clean it up, fix it, and then make it exactly what it's supposed to be. So I want to encourage you today. If, if you're just struggling or you're, even if you prayed this morning, like, God, I don't see how this is going to work. Just know that he's promised it to you. And if he's promised it to you, it's going to come to pass. You just have to trust and then go back and think about all the other stuff. Think about it. Think about what God has already brought you through. I mean, if you really ever stop to think about what God has truly, I think we get so far ahead that we forget the moments where we weren't Katie Suburbanites or Cypress Suburbanites, 
We, we forget those moments where we struggled with depression or body images. These are things that we as women are facing every day, but because God has brought us out of it, we forget that those two things still exist. But if you just stop and think about who God is and how he showed himself to you in those moments, then you'll have confidence in saying, God, I know you got this one because I was a mess back then. And you brought me out of the mess. So I'm pretty good now. So you really got me now. You got a little more to work with. And so, but, but I want to encourage you in that manner and know that if God has promised it to you, that he will definitely, definitely uh, bring it to pass. So I want to thank you all so very much for the opportunity to share with you. Um, can we close out in prayer? I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not apologizing. Yes, we're going to pray. <laughs> All right. Gracious God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for reminding us just how good you are and that you have made some promises to us. And we thank you that in your word, the promises are yes and amen. So we thank you and believe by faith right now in the name of Jesus, that the things that you've promised are coming to pass. Father God, we stand on your word right now and know that you will not withhold any good thing from us. So we believe by faith that this network of women will continue to flourish. Lord God, we thank you for storytellers and the ability to share our stories so that we can encourage each other, Lord God, lift each other up. We ask right now that as we leave this place that you protect us and keep us for the rest of this day until we meet again. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you continue to do, Father God. And thank you that you continue to wow us that as only you can do. God, we honor you. God, we bless you and we praise you in your son Jesus name. Amen. Isn't Joy's spirit just contagious? I love how joyful she actually is. And I love that she ended with a prayer. I am so excited that she is actually our story within the story this week. You know, when I was listening to her, I thought, I want her to be my life coach. And so when I interviewed her for Story Within the Story, it kind of is along those lines. She gives us great vision for 2022. She talks about discerning the voice of God. And guys, I have to tell you, after I interviewed her, I stopped her and I said, Joy, I want you to be my life coach. So she is actually coaching me personally, and I love it. She just gives me such wisdom and vision for my life. You know, it's like she said, her passion is women finding their purpose in God's kingdom. And so I'm just thrilled about that. I love it when God gives us a storyteller specifically for one of us. Yes, because we hear from you all all the time how God speaks to you through stories, you know, and and you connect with each other. So for us, it's really neat. I think we each have at least one example of a storyteller that we go, we say a lot that was for the one. And this time I was the one. That's right. And so we were we were loving when Katie was so excited about (laughs) this story and about joy. And y'all, I could really relate when she talked about knowing that God had promised her certain things, and that she was frustrated in the waiting. I think it's so easy to find ourselves there when when he's shown up again and again Mm -hmm. for you. I'm a journaler. And so I can always look back and see where he has shown up for me. And yet when I'm in the middle of something hard, I forget. And I'm like, God, I don't know that I trust you. I don't know that I believe you. I don't. I know you've done it a thousand times, but this one time mm-hmm. may be the time that I'm on my own. And one, to hear her say that, no, we say this often, you know, you're not alone in that. That's right. And two, you know, that's not true. You know that that is the enemy in your head and going, God, I do believe you. I do trust yeah. you. And and in this season of hard, in this season of not seeing you, I know that you're going to do it again. Well, it's the importance, that reminder of remembering. And mm-hmm. I think in the beginning of a new year, it's so good to look back on 2021 and remember all the good that God did do. And then you anticipate what he's going to do in the new year. One of my favorite things to do in preparing for the new year is to sit and journal 
on one of the last days of the year and I write down all the things that God has done that year. I go back over my whole journal and then I just sit and listen and I'm still, I take a few hours to do this and I pray for all the things that I want to see happen in 22 and what I feel like he's telling me. And so it's always a really cool practice. It's a good exercise. I, I love that idea. And I like that you said all things because Joy mm-hmm. reminded us, you know, the word says in all things, God works mm-hmm. together for good with us. Our flesh wants to just only give him some things. So we challenge you, what is it that you need to give to God? What are the all things that you can lay before him for 2022? You know, when you are walking with him and and fulfilling your purpose that he has called you to, there is no greater joy. And so we thank you for listening. Obviously, we loved this story. You can tell by our voices (laughs) that we are fired up and ready for the new year, and we hope you are too. And so share this with a friend, especially if you know somebody that needs some encouragement and needs a push to start what God's called them to do. Share this story with a friend. We love when you share it on social media. We see it when you tag us at Storytellers Live Podcast, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. We always are paying attention, and we're so thankful for you and for sharing our stories, and we are looking forward to a new year. Talk to you next week. Bye.